salutations and shit folks so welcome 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 back to another episode of travel and shit where i your host d carry have an experiential conversation as to uh how travel has just made life better um if you're new that's the gist if you're watching on the videos which i think you should this is my co-host this is the pup binksy and if you hear smacking in the background promise y'all it's not me it's the cute little dog so um forgive that occasional uh lip smack if you should hear it i um want to say thank you of course to all of you who have returned for another episode i absolutely appreciate your support and if you haven't already please feel free to follow on the youtubes leave a review and all of those links and the such can be found on the website travelandshitpodcast.com so Finally, y'all, it ain't just me talking about me and my feelings on the things. I have a guest. <laughs> so, my beautiful guest, thank you for being here. And please introduce yourself. Hello. Um, my name is Italia Woodson, and I'm an energy healer located in Los Angeles. Um, so, thank you for having me on your podcast. I appreciate it. And traveling's like one of my jams, too. So, um, it's really good to be here connecting with you. But yeah, um, I do energy healing in Los Angeles, a couple of different healing modalities. Sound meditation's my um, my bread and butter, but I, I do Reiki as well, breath work, um, just general guided meditation. But yeah, it's good to be here with you. Thank you, Conley. So where, are you originally from LA? No, so um, I'm actually a military baby. So I was born abroad. Um, but I grew up in Texas primarily, and I have been in LA, May will be my fifth year. Um, okay. so it's, it's, it's my home. It's my home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am from Texas pretty much. What, um, what brought you to LA? You know, I think after graduating, I, my sister lived here. Um, and I remember my senior year of college coming here to stay with her for a month. And, you know, we were riding around and I remember we were riding on the PCH Malibu and I just, I just, a tear came out my eye. I was like, oh, I got to do it. I got to move here. Um, so here I am. <laughs> and I lived in New Orleans prior to that. Um, oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. So New Orleans was it, like, is, was, it's always been a great, beautiful place. Um, I think it has a low ceiling for success in terms of what you can get. Um, yeah. But I think that it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful city with rich culture. So um, I was really appreciative of that experience. But Los Angeles has just opened up so many more opportunities since it's a wellness mecca. Um, so, yeah. So I, um, I don't remember where exactly I discovered you, but I was really intrigued with your um, piece in Voyage L.A. Mm-hmm. That's what um, piqued my interest. And I saw that you're, you have a background in wellness yeah. to an extent, like because of your yeah. grandmother's experience with Reiki and your father playing the law, the laws of attraction on your way to school. Yeah. So yeah. what, what was that like? And how, if it did tie in, did that, um, I guess, how did that work for your views on travel, especially knowing that you're a military baby? How do the two coincide, travel and wellness? You know, I will say, um, so let me let me talk about the travel aspect. Um, because my parents lived um, in Europe for 10 years, they always really encouraged my sister and I to, to study abroad and to, you know, and, and high school, there was like a high school program where they sent me to Italy, you know what I mean? So they were very adamant about um, giving me those experiences. And so I'm like really grateful for that. Um, and, you know, it it was never um, a conversation of, hey, mom and dad, can I study abroad? It was like, okay, well, where do you want to go? Mm. And so they gave me free reign to kind of go anywhere. And so it was the same with my sister. My sister studied abroad in South Africa. And I went to Thailand. So that was really heavily encouraged. Um, so I will say that. I think in terms of how wellness has played a part into my traveling, um, you know, again, I've always grown up with um, a family who's valued wellness, no matter, it's come from different perspectives. Like my my grandmother was very massage and Reiki oriented and my dad is um, 
very mind oriented mm-hmm. and, you know, hence with the law of attraction, you know, words and speaking and, um, you know, manifesting. So like that there, those were separate. Um, so I thought separate ideas. Um, but I think looking back on it and having the opportunity to it and, and knowing that I had an interest in wellness gave me free reign and in the mind to seek that while traveling. Mm. So I'll say this, when I studied abroad in Thailand, I grew up in a Christian household and, um, you know, there's certain things that you're taught religion wise. Right. Right. So that's a whole nother topic of conversation. Um, but I know that's a whole other topic of conversation. (laughs) Um, you know, so, you know, Christian, the idea of, you know, Christianity, not praising other deities and things like that. And so like that really kind of stirred me up when traveling because I went to Thailand, Buddhism is the religion of that country. Um, I went to Buddhist classes, you know, we went to temples, you know, I had to just out of respect bow and all those things are just kind of like, okay, you know, making me really, uh, uh, stirring me up inside, you know, just, um, from things that you're taught, but having that perspective and, 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 um, seeing meditation from that perspective, I think opened me up into the wellness aspect and allowed me to kind of see the connection between what my father was saying, Mm. um, and what my grandmother practiced, you know what I mean? And so it, it was all these dots that kind of came together with traveling and wellness for me. Um, and especially that traveling experience and studying abroad and and being in a different, um, environment and having to do different things and like, okay, so everyone is big on meditation. You know, we taught English to monks while we were out there, you know, they have such this, um, beautiful discipline and meditation and um, spirituality. And so I think all of those things just really played a part in, in me um, deciding that that is what I wanted to do, but also making that a, um, a practice of mine on a day-to-day basis. Mm. So did you have a personal practice prior to traveling to Thailand or was that something that you decided to establish after the fact? No, I was really young when I traveled. Um, so I did my junior year, I was 20. Um, I just turned 20 when I traveled. Um, so that was very, uh, a long time ago. Um, but it's it's amazing to see the connections that I've, I've made and, and just learning wise and um, ideas and spirituality. It's like, that was a very, very, very pivotal six months in my life. You know what I mean? It changed me in so many magnificent ways. And so, no, I had no, I had no discipline in that. Um, I was not interested in going to meditation retreats and not talking for two days. Like I just wasn't there. You didn't. You know what I, mean? I, I, I didn't. I, I had, I had two really good friends. So I studied abroad with and did it. Um, and so they went to a meditation retreat for two days where you, where you couldn't talk and you're meditating for like mm, 13 hours a day. I wasn't ready for that. You know what I mean? I wasn't ready for that at 20 years old. There's no way. Um, I didn't have an interest in meditation. I don't think I understood the importance of meditation, calming your mind for 13 hours. Like there's just no way. Um, so I, I wasn't prepared to do that. Um, but that was okay. And I think it came to me at a, at a beautiful time in my life. You know, I needed, I didn't need it at 20. I needed it at 25 when I started becoming interested in it. Um, so, you know, I don't know. It, it's just you. It's amazing the types of things that you pick up when you travel. Yes. The types of lessons that you learn about yourself, about your environment, what you want, how do you want to expand the difference in cultures. It's like so beautiful to see other cultures and, um, you know, um, to see other people who look different than you. So, oh, just makes me excited talking about this. Uh, I know. Just to <laughs> ask the, the idea of being able to dip your toe back into that level of immersion. Like, I feel like a lot of people are just wanting to get out the house and change yeah. their scenery. But I feel like there's another group of us that just miss that experience of newness by being yes. in a different place, like stepping outside of your comfort zone in a different way. Cause I know for yes. me personally, when I'm in, I'm in New York and um, I'm basically a hermit when I'm here, I'm in the house. Yeah. I don't really do much of anything. And I'm content. Like I, in, I like being inside. But when I travel, inside is the last place I want to be. There's so yeah. many things that I want to be able to experience. And I feel like being home, I have to force 
um, that creativity or that curiosity. I have to, you know, kind of find different ways to make sure that those needs are met since I'm not being able to uh, do it in the way that I have become more comfortable with. uh, Yeah. So, but I, but I think to, sorry, to your point, um, you know, I I think it's interesting because we've obviously all had to, um, we haven't had any taste of of traveling abroad, right. Through the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it's been interesting because I think oftentimes we, and and I know this about myself, so I'm going to say from my perspective, I know me personally, I'm always curious about what are the countries I can go to, like, you know, what country can I do this? What Asian country is the dollar strong where I can ball out of control? That's, I do things like that too. Yep. <laughs> Where's the dollar strong so I can ball out and live like a queen over here? Yes. Um, but, you know, it forced, it was forced to kind of do things in the United States this year, right? Mm-hmm. And then it made me realize my sister and I road trip from LA all the way to Montana. And Montana, you're like the last place you want to go. Montana is gorgeous. it's gorgeous you know what I mean so thinking about things of that that way too it's like yeah people want to get out the house and you know but but I also think people when I think of traveling it's like oh I have to get a passport I have to do all this do all these things and it's like you don't have to you know what I mean you can take that initiative to get in the car rent you know you don't want to fly people are afraid of flying that's cool rent a car go a couple states have a couple of locations that you want to go drive home. You know what I mean? There's, there's so many beautiful things that you can do travel wise, um, that if you're discouraged from going outside the country that you can do in the United States. So that, that was a big lesson for myself too, this year is like, I got to do so many great things in national parks and, uh, you know, floating the river in Montana, just things that I would never do otherwise, because I'm thinking about going abroad. So. And I'm glad you said that because I was literally saying that the last like two or three episodes that there's, you don't have to go that far and like travel. I think people tend to have um, a misconception that travel has to be um, far. It has to be uh, overseas or if you're not getting a stamp, you're not traveling. Like you can go one state over and still be traveling. You can visit a neighborhood that is in a 15 mile radius that you've just never been to. Like, yeah, I'm in Queens. I don't really fuck with the Bronx too hard, or I've never been all the way out to the end of Long Island before. So that's something for me. I could be there in like three hours, two hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, Again, you're able to change your scenery and you're able to, if you do it the right way, you're able to um, fulfill the things or do the things that you essentially would do abroad, just not that far. You can get the same needs met. You just have to, you know, like you said, do that work to connect the dots and make sure that you're able to make it happen for yourself. Absolutely. So with your high school study abroad experience versus your college study abroad experience, you did Italy in high school, you were saying? Yeah, I did. Uh, we did like nine days. Um, I did it with a program. So, um, but my study abroad experience in college, like that was like really me being dropped off and which I thought, like, oh my God, like what, what did I do? What did I do? But it, it was I was honestly so incredible. It was so incredible. So incredible. So yeah, you know, and like in college, you have free reign to kind of do whatever you want. Right. You know, and high school is a very, uh, organized, we had a set schedule, you know, we're, we're, we're not, so I would need to go back to Italy as an, as an adult, um, to explore just my way. Um, but I mean, it was again, a great experience, a great eye-opening experience for a 16 year old. So I was, you know, grateful for that. So if, let's see, no, if you could, I don't want to say swap it, but do you think it was the, I guess, the freedom that you had in college or was it the destination for you that made some of the difference in, you know, your experience? Like, do you think that if you'd done your college study abroad in Italy that it would have been as impactful for you or like did you connect differently to Thailand than you did to Italy or was it just that you're a different person you're like a quasi adult adult at 20 versus when you're 16 that's not the case yeah I mean I I think the only connection I was actually born in Italy so that's the only connection that I have there um you know but I think in terms of me going to Thailand 
as 20 years old, junior in college, I've already experienced X, Y, and Z, you know what I mean? Like that was just really influential for me. Um, so I think definitely location made all the difference. And I couldn't, I don't know if I would have gotten the same, I don't know if I would have gotten the same type of lessons in Europe. Um, because I was uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable in Thailand. I was, there were moments of me being lonely and moments of me being sad, moments of me being ecstatic, you know, moments of me feeling explorative, moments of me feeling like I don't want to leave the place. It's all of these emotions that build you and that make you uncomfortable that, um, and that's what I think people seek is comfort. Like traveling is not all the way comfortable all the time. And that's the beauty of it is because you're, you're being placed in a, in a situation and scenario where you may not understand the language. You're trying to communicate food. It comes out like shit. You know what I mean? It's all these things that makes you better. You know what I mean? And I think having those experiences at such a young age where I was uncomfortable, um, I can't speak Thai. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? I, I don't see any black people at all. So everyone's thinking, you know, what's the first thing they say? Oh, you Beyonce, this, this stupid stuff. You know what I mean? You're just like, man, like, but you also, it, it, it takes you, it takes you, it just, the uncomfortability and just being by yourself, like that, that, that changes you. And that changes you in a beautiful way. Um, and I think having to, just be in that space of being different. Like I was the only black kid in my study abroad program. Wow. You know what I mean? So there's, and we combine two programs. So there's probably 50 of us. I'm the only black kid at 50 wow. kids. So I'm around 50 white kids for months and months and months and months. That's so uncomfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and I didn't like primarily in college, like I only had black and brown friends. So, you know, it's the little things and little details that, that make you grow, you know? So, um, there's no comparison, honestly, it, it, it needed to be Thailand. It needed to be when I was 20. It needed to be when I was a junior. It needed to be when my parents were going through a divorce. It needed to be all of those things. Um, um, and, and it needed to be in a, in a place where meditation was a huge deal. Um, cause that's just a, a big aspect of my life now. So everything in its divine timing and order, because it just, um, just a very beautiful experience. And I think that that is a nod to the beauty in hindsight also, because at yeah. the time, I'm pretty sure it didn't really register as divine timing and alignment yeah. for you. But as you mature and you know you experience more of life, you can see how things happening the way they happen is, I'm cautious to say for the better, but as it should be. You know, yeah. it's more yeah. of it's it's going to happen as it's supposed to happen. And yeah, one could hope that, you know, you're able to find the better in situations, even if they are, you know, sometimes less than um, comfortable to experience in the moment. Uh, yeah. What was your relation to travel as like a kid? Like, did you guys take family vacations? Did you, um, you said you were a military kid. So did you have to move from place to place? Like, did you have a difficult time making friends? What was that experience like? You know, I had a good military child experience. Uh, my mom pretty much was stationed at one base the majority of my life. Um, so I, besides the moving in Europe a couple of times, I didn't have to move like that. Nice. Um, you know, so I, I will say that, wait, let me make sure I got your question. I kind of went blank on it. <laughs> say that again. So what was your um, childhood experience with travel? Like, did you guys oh, take yes. family trips? And then back to your point of being a military child, did you have to move around a lot for that issue? Yeah, so it didn't move around a lot, um, but we, we took family trips all the time. Um, and so my family's all from Florida. So we would always go to Florida and, um, like my family, my mom's side of the family is from Alabama and Louisiana. And then my dad's side of the family is all from Florida. So we would always travel. Um, and I was fortunate enough to do um, select volleyball. So we traveled to many different places, Denver, Pittsburgh, like, um, so we, you know, I, we just had that. And now speaking this out loud, like I was very blessed and fortunate and my mom worked her ass off. Not saying my dad didn't either. My mom worked her ass off to like give us these things, um, you know, and, and to put us in select sports so we could travel to other tournaments in different places. You know what I mean? So um, 
and again, it was, my parents were always very open. You know, I remember saying, Hey, I want to, I want to go visit a friend in New York. And I was like, okay, well, let's see how we can make it happen. You know? And we did, you know, so it was always very, let's, let's talk about it. I'll make it happen. We'll see if we can make it happen. So my parents did a great job of that. Um, and so I kind of feel like that almost set me up for adulthood because that's kind of what I'm expecting. You know what I mean? It's why I work. I'm working. Yes. I'm working to travel. Like really other people are working to go out and to get drinks. Like I'm working to save money to buy a flight, <laughs> you know, <laughs> on, a, on a yearly basis, I'm out 13, 13 trips. Nice. And so I, it, and that's what fuels me. Um, and so again, and that's to, um, to a money point. It's like, spend your money on certain things. Like, that's what I spend my money on. That's what I save my money for, um, to, to feel that, to, just to feel that, you know what I mean? That, I that feeling that, uh, it's a thing. It's an intangible. Thing. It's, just, uh, it is. it's yeah. You had a, wait, you had a quote that was at the end of that article. Hold on. I took a screenshot and circled it. Cause I really liked it. It was, um, there are no criteria for success. It's a feeling and understanding and something you just know. And I feel like that, first of all, shit hits and it yeah. applies to, I don't even want to say like the joy travel brings, cause it's not just joy. You know what I mean? Like I just yeah. Yeah. feel like a more rounded version of myself. Like I feel like I, I recently did an episode that was uh, travel made me a better person and yeah. Yes, I feel like I have improved in a lot of different ways, but I've also just kind of like leveled up in like deepness. Like I'm a better yeah. version of myself because I've yeah. allowed myself the opportunity to experience me in so many different um, mm -hmm. environments that I wouldn't have gotten the ability to see how I personally can navigate through here at home. Like I cliff diving where am I cliff diving in New York you know what I mean like yeah, yeah jumping into that fear you know what I mean I was yeah. fucking terrified the shit was wild scary but I did it because it's just like yo when you when are you gonna when are you doing this again you're gonna do yeah. it so I I really I get it like it's just a feeling it's an understanding and it's one of those things where uh people say like when you know you know like what's understood doesn't need yeah. to be said that whole fuck shit that people always like to say well like yeah yeah it's true you know you try to share the importance of traveling to people and they just look some people just look at you some people understand they got it some people just be looking at you like right i can't even really i'm, I'm trying i wish i could just share this feeling and give this ounce of this feeling to you because it is it, it makes you God, this is such a beautiful challenge. It's like, you know, like you're saying, facing your fears and, and, and cliff jumping, like, you know what I mean? You're not going to be required to do that. And mm -hmm. in most places in America, you're not going to be required to, or not required, but um, have the option to do that. And so it's like, you're learning something about yourself. Like I thought I was fearful or, you know, this is a, this is a note to myself that even in, in the moments of being fearful the most, like I can accomplish anything and I can, I can push past that. It's like, that's a greater lesson in itself. It's like, mm -hmm. those are the little things that if you, if you come in, you're, you're conscious of, of yourself and your awareness and, uh, and, and, and how you are in that environment, you could just, you just learn so much. Yeah. You absolutely soar. It's like, if you don't put yourself, if you don't, I feel like, it, okay. If you don't place yourself in I don't want to say predicaments, but if you don't place yourself in situations or give yourself opportunities to, I don't want to say terrify or terrorize yourself, but putting yourself in a space to expand, you know, I yeah. there's, but so there are limitations to staying in your comfort zone and being home all the time unfairly kind of yields you to not expanding beyond that zone like when you are forced yeah. to realize so not only do I not speak the language like I don't even recognize the characters to be able to um you know kind of all right so is this the street that I'm turning on let me see yeah I don't know what this is but yeah these all look the same like it's harder to do in you know Arabic or it's harder to do like I can do it in Spanish I can yeah. do it in a couple of different languages that have like you know characters like they are in English, 
fucking almost said American. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. Whoa. You didn't do it though, girl. You didn't do it. <laughs> Whoa, we are out of Trump's America. So, well, actually, that girl. Okay, never mind. So, that, that's a whole nother thing. It's a whole other topic, yeah. too. So, what was, do you feel or did you have any idea as a child that wellness would be so um, impactful in your life the way that it is? Because I know that your family always embraced it, but did you see yourself embracing it the way that you did, that you do? Well, I mean, I, I think that, and like what, this is a narrative that I really want to change for my children. It's like our parents, when they tell you what is possible, it's you get a job, you do nine to five, you do it in marketing or finance or engineering or blah, 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 blah. And that's how you make your money. You get your pension, which they don't even have freaking pensions anymore. Your 401k, like that is the narrative that's literally given to you. Right. And so there was no option for me to be like, oh, I'm going to excel on wellness and I'm going to make a living on doing sound meditation. Like the fuck, you know, family, you tell your family that and you're just like, so Right. Where's the um, money? Like what's, um, what's student loans, bro? What, what? Yeah, exactly. They're like, so how are you paying for this and that? Like, and, and so, and like, that is something that I had to get past mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and, and reading just a couple of like just pivotal self-help books for me, like, if you believe in yourself and that's, and that's when everything kind of started flooding in. I was like, okay. So it, it's, it's, and granted there's no dumb idea. But some ideas are going to take off and some ideas aren't. And there's, you know, there's the timing of some, the timing of not. Like, you know, so there's a lot of different variables, to, you know, for whatever your idea of success is, whatever there is, mm-hmm. you know, but it just was never an option. But I, I, I think what saved me was the fact that my grandmother had a, had a career in wellness, in massage therapy, in Reiki. And so like, I think that helps my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think on my dad's side, it's kind of just like, and my dad knows all the, you know, it's like, I, I think he kind of separated to himself, like, oh, all right, law of attraction. Like that's something that you do on a day-to-day basis, but you still got to make money. You know, it's not, it's not cohesive. And I think that's a difference in generations. Like, yeah. Yeah. Raise in the salary. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You know? Um, so I am very thankful because I have an older sister and her and I are very similar and just a lot of different interests and in her traveling and how she sees things. And, and so I think having that having that encouragement from her and us talking that through made it possible to be like, no, you know, dreams do come true. Mm-hmm. If you have, a, if you have an interest in X, Y, and Z, you go for it. Um, and, and so I think also being in Los Angeles too, where I look around and so many people are going after their dreams. I'm like, there's just no way that you can do it. And I can't, you know what I mean? I, I know I'm, I'm well-equipped. I'm well-equipped with the knowledge and, and, and the compassion, the space to, to do this. Um, so I, I really think it was just encouraged because none of my friends are like, my friends are, are very nine to five people. Like I'm, I'm, I'm among one of the only people who are just like, no, like, you know, <laughs> ride it out. <laughs> so they're like, no girl, like I need a 401k, you know, and I'm not like that. Um, I'm not like that. Not to say there's anything wrong with, with going right. that route and finding stability in that. Um, so nothing wrong with that, but um, I just am wired differently. Um, but I'm glad that I've had the space where other people, I've seen other people do that and thrive and be successful in that. And so that was just a, a, a testament to myself that I'm like, I know for a fact I can do this and I'll be successful in that. So what was your initial experience with um, sound meditation that made it so impactful for you? Like, how did you receive that? Like, what was that? What was that for you? Um, well, there is a, um, a place in LA called Peace Awareness Labyrinth. Um, and so that was my very first experience with sound meditation. Um, and so it was, it was um, it wasn't the aspect of like laying down, which I think is very pivotal in, in the practice itself, like being able to relax and lay down. So I think that was an interest in it. And I think there was one particular time where I felt like my body was like moving back and forth. I was like, oh, like this is, this is really cool. 
And so we went to Bali um, and I went to Bali with my mom and sister um, and there's a place out there. Um, and we decided to all go and it was just incredible. I think that experience and seeing my mom, like my mom was just boohoo tears. And so she doesn't cry ever, you know what I mean? That was her release. And just like everyone in the room, you could kind of see how everyone in the room would just hit their souls in such different ways. And I think that was just that moment where I was like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. this works. is this is exactly what I want. This is exactly what I want. I want to be in the well. And at that point I had decided I wanted to be in wellness, but I think the question mark was like, well, where do I go next? I want to be in wellness, but what does that look like? You know, does it look like the traditional massage and um, Tai Chi or does it look like, uh, you know, Reiki or sound? Like, and so I think that was the question mark, but experiencing that in Bali, um, that was that was like that was a moment I was like, oh okay this is this is what I need to do um and so I think it was finding a a, a person to teach me after that um and that was also I, I think in in me trying to find um, a woman of color to teach me there's absolutely no one and so I, I I recognize that this is a space that I need to be in because there's no one teaching that looks like me and that's black or that's brown um, and like, where the heck are they? Because I know, I know that we're practicing it. Right. And I know that we as a community are in tune and in touch, but no one's teaching it, you know? So, you know, wellness is a very, um, wellness is very white. We all know that. And it caters towards, I don't know to be PC or not. It just catered towards, it just catered towards white people um, and, and mental health caters towards white people. So I think this is just a unique space to be in and, and, and to, um, to help and assist. So what was, I mean, I don't know if it witnesses, I don't want to, uh, was it, damn, it's, it's, I'm trying to figure out how to, what, how to phrase this, right? So what was so strong about the calling that not finding people that looked like you, but like not seeing the representation didn't stop you from doing it, right? So yeah. how did that, if it did place any barriers on you feeling like you were being successful in your learning or that you were being effective, like how did not seeing yourself reflected in the practice maybe influence how you practice or how you learned well i mean this i will say this like despite me not being able to connect with a black healer to teach me that doesn't take away from the fact that i like i had great teachers who were white you know what i mean like my meditation teacher that i had this lady named judy like she's awesome you know what i mean and so it was like at that point like no like all like race aside, you know, you're a great teacher and you're a great healer. And I want to learn what you know. Um, and so I think that was from my perspective, um, you know, but I, I don't think it was until I, I did my initial learning, um, and got certified in sound meditation that I realized like, okay, like this is not like, there aren't really a lot of black people in this. And then doing my first event, I was like, okay, you know, and so that just happened to take place, you know, at the very beginning of the Black Lives Matter with, you know, um, Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Aubrey. And then things just started, kind of started taking, snowballing for me, really, you know, and I think more people are starting to recognize that like, oh, I'm only going to, I think minorities started to see that they needed to connect with therapists and other healers that had their, that shared their same experience, because I think that's important, right? Mm -hmm. But I also feel like um, the white community, some of them, <laughs> say this, recognize their, I think it, it dawned on them how they're not diverse at all. Everyone looks, everyone that you hang out with and you're associated with looks like you. Right. And I think that that also 
shifted their thought process and now they're seeking out someone who is black as well or just a minority in general. Um, so I think those two things kind of happened at once. Um, but I, you know, I, and, and I think as those things were happening, I, I started to begin to realize like, okay, there is value in, um, in me doing this work. There's value. And like my, and I, and don't get me wrong. I'm down to heal anybody and, and to partake in, in, in that level of intimacy and healing with anybody. You know what I mean? I, I think everyone's beautiful, but this all, you know, I, I really want to, I really want to work with minorities. And it's been so beautiful because I have like the majority of my, my clients are minorities. They're black women. I love it. I love it so much. It makes me so happy. Um, you know, so I think it's just the time that the, the, the timing in which all of this kind of took place where I recognized my need for, you know, that there's no one that looks like me and there's no one who looks like me that can teach me. Okay. That's okay. I'll still find one that I really trust. Um, and then now there's a need for, for black healers and black people, everything. Um, yes. so I think it just worked out. Yeah. I I'd have to agree. I feel like, um, 2019, 2020, we're really big in, I'd say, especially social media, letting go of the stigma behind uh, self-care in a myriad of different variations, whether it be yeah. uh, therapy, whether it be just, you know, realizing that no is a complete sentence. It is a uh, yeah okay answer um and it, it sucks that and it's fun it's not funny but it's I guess a little ironic I was just saying this to a co-worker earlier like it it sucks that people have to get hurt for other people to do the right thing it it sucks yeah. that bad things have to happen for you know there to be changed right but we all know that you know what it, it's science like uh, every cause has an effect and there's a reaction for, you know, yep. different occurrences. So, I mean, the thing is the thing and it is a thing. And it's mm -hmm. sad that we're here. I, I didn't, you know, you grow up learning about, you know, civil rights era and you don't expect that you're going to be in your own small variation. Of it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's, it, it's hitting different. And I know that it broke my heart to see my mom cry. Like my kids weren't supposed to have to go through this. You know what I mean? It's like, she, yeah. she did that. And it's like, yeah. it felt like, all right, well, we got it. It's cool. This should be work. It should work now. It's kind of like you blow on the cartridge and you're like, damn, the game should play. And it's just like, no, yeah. it's not. The game still don't work. It's rigged. But is it the cartridge? Is it the system? Is it like yeah. there's so many, you know, conflicting, uh, points of messaging that I personally really appreciate people like you that actually, um, cause healing ain't easy. It's not, Yeah, it yeah. takes a lot to not necessarily take on someone else's baggage, but you guys are kind of taking on other people's baggage in a sense where you're opening yourself to, you know, not always hurt people, but you know, to, it's a, dual level of vulnerability, you know, yeah. between yeah. you and the person that you're healing and you guys are complete people on your own that have your own lives and your own, you know, yeah. baggage, but you're not, you're putting that on pause to help others with theirs. And it's yeah. another thing that 2020 has done for me in terms of, I guess, evaluating travel is I was already in the process of being less judgy about traveling, like mm -hmm. the whole, you know, oh, you're buying sneakers and not a passport. That's whack. I don't give a fuck what you do with your money. You ain't spending it on me. Yeah. So it ain't got nothing to do with me. So yeah. I don't believe in judging people that want to go to Vegas consistently or judging people that fly to Miami and Atlanta and you go where you are comfortable going good sis, yeah. and good bro and good non-conforming wherever you are in the middle, wherever you want to go, go. I don't think that people should be um, judged based off of where they're going. Right. 
But now with the pandemic, I feel like there's another tier to travel shaming. And that's where some people are comfortable traveling and some people aren't comfortable traveling. Yeah. I think it's a very fine line where you have people who are, you know, trying their best to be responsible about their travels because they recognize and understand how much of their travels were actually self-care. And so I think that that's been another little nugget that I've had to kind of, you know, work through in my mind to figure out where I stand on it. And then, you know, giving people grace to stand on whatever nugget of truth they possess for themselves. And um, in terms of judgment, have you felt like there's been any judgment towards you as a healer of color from, um, you know, other healers in the community? Have you felt tokenized in practicing, especially if you're going to, you know, larger events to share your gifts with others? Like, how does that feel being one of the few, you know, Black healers? You know, I mean, that's a good question. I... I will say that I've had a beautiful experience um, and that I have been accepted from all races and sought out from all races and and having events and all races coming up to me. Um, I don't think that I have, I think in other areas of my life, I feel like I've been tokenized because there's obviously this idea from other people from people who are outside um, who aren't necessarily black community, they're more accepting of a light skinned black girl. You know what I mean? That's more what they feel is that's their happy medium that they can deal with. And so I feel like in other areas of my life, that may be the case, but I feel like in terms of healing and being in the healing space, like it has been like beautiful. It has been really beautiful to meet all different types of races. And it's just kind of been all love. Like, it's been all love. And, you know, while I feel that some people are more aware than others, I think that's in general, you know what I mean? So whether you're in a healing community or not, or whatever community you're in, I think that's just, that's just life, right? People are more aware than others. So I wouldn't say that I've been tokenized and I feel like I've had a great experience and, you know, I feel like people have really uh, shown me love. They've shown me a lot of love and, and helped me get events and, you know, um and it just have 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 really loved me and especially black women so like black women i love y'all i love y'all because it's like it's been beautiful just connecting with so many beautiful black women um and, and just um them showing me support so i've had a good experience to be honest um you know while i've had different experiences in, in day-to-day lives like in the healing realm and meeting people in los angeles and different races like it's been very nice and um, and it's, they've been very, um, compassionate towards me. Um, so I will always do the same towards other people because it's been shown to me. Okay. So got a loaded one for you. Okay. <laughs> so in terms of healing, right. I know that I fully believe that it is for those that practice authentically. I, I feel as if that's like a gift that you're yeah. kind of, I don't know if you're born with all of your gifts or if you, um, you know, go through life and maybe develop some of your gifts. I feel like it can kind of work both ways, but yeah. in terms of healing, I feel that authentic healers are, you know, bestowed with that gift. Right. Yeah. But the practice of actually, I guess being a practitioner, a healer, Do you feel, or what is your understanding? I think is more, it's not, um, yeah, it's not, I don't really want the, do you feel thing, or maybe you could throw that in if you feel. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But in terms of cultural appropriation, like what are the origins of healing? Like, does anyone claim it? Cause I feel that everybody deserves to heal. Like healing is for all people. Right. But in how, it is, um, I don't want to say traditionally practiced, but in the variations of healing that we see, 
most commonly yeah. in terms of we're hearing a lot about Reiki, we're hearing a lot about um, aromatherapy, um, not necessarily uh, therapy as it stands, but sound healing, um, mm-hmm. massage therapy. What are the mm-hmm. origins and do you feel, or what has been your experience and how they, do they even discuss like, is it like the origins and who should be doing it? Or like, how does that work from someone in it? Like, how does that sit with you? Well, I know specifically with Reiki, it's it's down to the very person who experienced it and how the lineage and how it got brought to America. So that is what I was taught. Um, and so I appreciate that. It's like, you know, it's like the idea of yoga. Yoga has been westernized so much. Now people do freaking goat yoga. Like that is just ridiculous. That takes the entire practice of, of, um, of being one with yourself and movement and body movements. And so, um, you know, it's like, I, I do think, okay, taking a step back, I'm very particular about who I learned from. And that's because I don't want to know the American Western way. Like, that's not what I came here to learn. Like, I want to know from the source why they felt this. I want to know the practices, the mantras that the monks do. Like, that is what I'm interested in, right? Um, And so I feel like I have done a good job of connecting with teachers who are very adamant about that, um, about not skipping that aspect of of, of healing um, and even sound meditation, the lady I learned from, and she's very adamant about like the mantras that, that are being used and the prayer that comes behind using a gong. Like, you know, that's, that's the type of detail that I, I, I want, um, you know, so I don't know. I, I think it, 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 it's like a very fine line. It's like at any moment, things can be taken out of context and things can be done in a very Western way. That's not, uh, that's not true to the practice. Um, and I think it's like the spaces that you're in and the people that you're learning from that you have to be adamant about in order to not be caught up in the woo woo. Got it. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so hopefully I'm answering your question too. (laughs) No, you're, um, linear. You're good. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I yeah, I, I, again, I'm just like very particular. And so like, I just know. And then going back to your point too, of like, I think every, every person, every human being, a spiritual being is a healer. Now, do I think that people are more connected to themselves in a sense of like being able to offer themselves to other people? Yeah, I do. Do I think that some people are born with abilities that other people don't? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, I, I, I knew this girl in college and like, this girl's been psychic her whole life. And I'm like, what you mean you psychic? You know what I mean? What does that mean? Like, what, what, tell me, you know, cause you think of Miss Cleo, right? Yeah. <laughs> I immediately know. Uh, Allison from uh, Medium. I, listen, yeah. I am here for all the supernatural and paranormal. I promise you, I've probably watched, except for all the var- the vampire variations. I can't get yeah, I don't like that. down with too many of them. Vampire Diaries and uh, that whole saga. I I could rabbit hole, but continue, please. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 so you know, I'm thinking like, well, what's that mean? You know, and so and now that I think about all these things, I've had little touches of people kind of being in my life that are like that, and it just, man, it, it's everything is just in this beautiful order. Life is in a beautiful order, but, um, you know, there, there are things that I think that I'm very natural at, but there are other things that I'm, I'm taking time to learn and I'm taking time to, um, to explore myself so that I can become a better healer for other people. And, mm-hmm. you know, but at the end of the day, I think people are like, Oh, like you heal. I, that's not my job. No, we're, we're, even if it's not towards someone else, like that is the beautiful thing about healing practices is it teaches you that you have the ability to, to think different thoughts and different results come. Like you said, that, that cause and effect of, of the science of, of, of life. Um, that if I, if I do X, Y, and Z, that, that I can um, minimize this particular 
um, my anxiety in the morning when it happens with X, Y, and Z. Like everyone just has this, just a, the amazing ability to heal them. Even if it's not again, someone else like to heal themselves and everyone's a healer. It's like, granted, yes, some people are more tapped in than others. And some people are very sleepy and they're going to live their whole life in the matrix. And that's just what it is. But, um, you know, I, I think that, yes, I think I'm, 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 in my perfect path and this is exactly what I'm supposed to do. There are things that I'm still learning, um, you know, but to your second point, I think I'm always involving myself with people who are, and, and, and while they're teaching me, they're giving me information from source versus um, from the westernized way. Okay. Do you think that you would have resonated as strongly with sound meditation? Is sound meditation and sound healing are the same thing, right? Same thing, yeah. Okay, so let's put a pin in that. Can you explain what sound healing and sound meditation are? Because I don't know if we did that. Did we do that? I don't feel like- We didn't do it. We didn't do it. That's, that's, a, that's a good explanation because I think um, people are like, what? What do you, what do you mean? And, and, and so- I'll start off by saying this before I, I, I give an explanation on sound meditation. Um, I think a lot of times people are encouraged or discouraged from meditation for certain reasons, right? I think the idea of like, oh, I'm going to sit here and I'm just going to breathe for 10 minutes and not think about anything. And that's, that's the goal of meditation, right? That is not the goal of meditation. You are a human being. You have so many thoughts every single day. Like there's just no way you're going to be able to shut off your mind like that. And I think um, I had a, a teacher you know, tell me like meditation is not about shutting off your thoughts. It's about recognizing something and letting it go. I was like, oh my gosh, that made so much more sense. Yeah. And I think that's why people are, are, are interested in sound meditation. Now, in terms of sound meditation, um, it is an acoustic healing experience that activates your body's natural healing systems. So the idea is that different uh, vibrations and frequencies that are taking place from the instruments, and they can be any type of instrument. Um, so I have gongs, crystal singing bowls, I have chimes, I have a Tibetan bowl. Um, the idea is that you're creating a sound journey um, with these instruments and the frequencies and vibrations are interacting with your body systems, right? Interacting with your chakras. Um, and so what is a chakra, people ask? Um, you know, each chakra is aligned with a certain aspect of your body. Um, like, for instance, um, like women tend to hold all of their emotions in the sacral chakra, the second chakra, uh, right above your uterus, um, right below like your belly button area, belly button to uterus area. You know, when things are blocked, when we have blocked sexual energy or you have blocked um, emotional energy, like those things tend to present themselves in our life in, in particular ways, right? And I think people are seeing the connection of the body and the, the, the mind now. Like I think more people are seeing the connection now, but those things are connected. And so when you're in sound meditation, you are allowing yourself, it's like the vibrations are, are, are number one, taking your brain waves down to a particular frequency. And it's in that frequency where your body can heal. You know, you heal at night when you sleep, right? And that's why we need rest. Um, it's the same idea that you're laying down and it's interacting with your body systems and your chakras and it's rebalancing you, it's releasing you, it's, um, you know, aligning you. Um, and so I think that is why people are very interested in sound meditation because they get up and they're like, whoa, I feel so good. Like I just had eight hours of sleep in an hour session because you're allowing yourself to relax. We don't give ourselves the leeway and the opportunity to just chill. You know what I mean? I think with the pandemic too, I had to learn this myself of, of, of getting upset with yourself for not doing anything. That is sometimes what you need to do is nothing is doing nothing, is going on the TV, doing Netflix, ordering some food and enjoying yourself. Like that is also very necessary. You know what I mean? It's a balance of life. Um, and so I think it's when you lay down and you're able to just kind of, that people give themselves the opportunity to heal. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really a beautiful practice. It's really a beautiful practice and, and creating a sound journey for people, um, you know, through instruments, it just does something to the body. You know, I've had people come up to me. They're like, I don't know what the hell just happened to me, 
but like, I felt like I was levitating. Some people were like, oh, I felt like, or, you know, I saw different colors. One person, you know, um, she told me, she was like, I, I, I came to so many conclusions about myself of like things that I want to do. And like literally started crying to me afterwards. You know what I mean? It just does so much. It does so much. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, you got to try it. And, you know, you can hear all of this all you want until you try it. And then you try it and you're like, holy shit, like this is, this is real. And I think that was the experience for myself too. So people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sound meditation. I'm like, yeah, cool, whatever, you know? And then me trying it and I'm like, okay, okay. This is, this is something, um, this is something very special, but yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty much the vibrations, um, from the instruments or interacting with your body and allowing you to heal and to, um, relax. It's kind of like them, um. Popeye sandwiches. Everybody's talking about, oh, they're so good. They're so good. And then you hit them like, yo, that shit's Yeah. What they're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> that's literally it. It's literally you, you seeing the Popeye's, the sandwich on TV, and then you having it, and then you realizing, okay, this is the hype. And it's a, it's like, there's a hype on it, and it's real. It's yep. real. It's for a reason. It's real. <laughs> so, do you think that sound meditation would have resonated with you the same way that it did had you not experienced it while you were traveling? That is a good question. Um, I do think it was very special where I had that last sound meditation and like being in Ubud and Bali, that was like a very, oh, for me. Um, but I do feel that I would have still felt the same had I not experienced it because of my study abroad experience and being in the meditation space like that. And, and sound was not even a conversation, but there's just, everything is just interconnected. And that just, that experience is very interconnected to my, um, my study abroad experience. So I definitely think there was some flair to me experiencing it in, in um Indonesia but I also feel that um that this is this this is the way God wanted me to go and so it was no other option so I'm gonna make it happen louder for you yeah uh, yeah and, and it was like this is exactly what I need to do and me deciding it it like took off for me so I was like okay this is exactly what I need to do and you're able to um provide like sound baths if you will virtually as well like it resonates the same like does technology alter anything differently because I know that I actually um I have had experience with Reiki um a friend of Mm -hmm. mine recommended a young woman Janine who was phenomenal and yeah to y'all credit like Bruh, like I was like bawling over FaceTime with a complete stranger, yeah. just like yeah. opening up to her about a lot of shit. And yeah. she re- like that process for me did really help clarify and align certain things. And I know that um, through like the end of part of our sessions, like after we did like our discussion and our talks, when she was doing, I guess, the Reiki part of it, she had me mm-hmm. listen to like binomial beats. Mm-hmm. Like, would have like she would send me the link to which one in particular she, you know, decided that I needed in whatever session we were in. And yeah. I don't like I wondered like, does it is it different hearing it in person versus hearing it like on a, a digital recording or over a speaker or anything? You know, um, I, I do think there's nothing like experiencing in person, um, but I, since the pandemic has happened and I've been, I've had to do a lot more virtual sessions, um, people that I've had sessions with um, in person and who have done virtual with me, um, they say that it's very comparable. However, doing it on Zoom is awful. <laughs> like it is, it is the biggest challenge for me, like as a sound healer, figuring out microphones and um, you know, cause, uh, just zoom condenses the sound and the frequencies of my instruments are really high pitch. You know what I mean? So it pretty much, the pitch is high. It tones it down to where you're hearing nothing. 
so you know that that's that is unfortunate um but honestly doing it through um other platforms has been has has worked for me um and i'm always an advocate for doing things in person just because there's nothing like yeah. tasting and feeling that experience you know what I mean but I do feel that if you are getting that type of um if you are online and you're doing that you are still getting something out of it mm-hmm. I, I do feel like that I you think- know I, again it's, it's not it's not it's not in person but um you know I, I do think it, it it does what it needs to do I think part of it is also knowing that you're opening yourself up to that experience. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. opening that little door, like the window is open and you are allowing, because I feel like um, energy will always transmit mm-hmm. through whatever vehicle it goes through. It's kind of like when you're watching mm-hmm. a movie, it hits just because it's not a live stage play doesn't mean that you don't yeah. still you know, feel what the actors and, you know, the set design and makeup, lighting, and, you know, the entire production staff is trying to elicit from you. And it's kind of the same with music. I I think that, you know, when you are really, I know for me, my go-to, my go-to track is not even track, but soundtrack is The Wiz. I okay. love the soundtrack too. Like, <laughs> I love it. I love I it. promise you when I would be in my lowest of lows on my way to work, I would be on that train listening to home, like barely like not crying just because it's like, I'm miserable, but I love this. This is my jam and I'm here, I'm present, I'm in it. And it's like music has that ability to really you know translate into emotions and I think that part of it is because you're opening yourself up like you're you are ready to receive the experience in more situations and in more ways than not so where can the people find you how do we book a session with you how do what services do you offer and where can we um where can we find them um so if you're looking to book a session um you can go to my website everything's done on there um and you can choose the day and time that works best for you my website is the soulhealer.com S-O-L healer, H-E-A-L-E-R.com. And on Instagram, you can find Instagram too, which is great. Um, my Instagram is soul healing with Italia and it's S-O-L again. Mm-hmm. And my name is I-T-A-L-I-A. Um, but yeah, I do. Um, you can book me for in-person sound meditation, virtual and Reiki and sound too. I like to mix those together. Um, so Yeah. You know, if you're interested, give me a shout out. Honestly, it's like, I, I like to make things personal with people too. It's like, and you know, even when I, when I work with someone on Reiki, it's like, what, what are you, what are you trying to get out of this right now? Like, let's make sure we're on the same page, you know, so I, I can give you what you need. Um, and so it's the same way, like, or if you just want to talk, hit me up, y'all <laughs> ask me questions about sound meditation, but um, Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna say Marissa one more time for the people in the back. Okay, thesoulhealer.com and you can book me for whatever. And my Instagram is soulhealingwithitalia. Those will all obviously be in the the show descriptions. So it'll be, and it'll be a hyperlink. So I think that some, I don't know that all platforms that you listen to podcasts on allow you to, um, hyperlink to them all the time. But yeah, when I post, um, you know, the episode tile on Instagram, like you'll be able to find it. I promise you, I will have the links. <laughs> links will be in there and it's not rocket science, y'all. I'm certain that you can copy what, 12 characters, 15 characters yes. <laughs> into uh, the little search bar and you can find Italia. So, oh, I'm, well, I'll hit you off. I'll ask you afterwards because I want to get those. Um, you mentioned a couple. You didn't mention the books themselves, but I want to know what books like you. Okay. Um, and maybe I'll throw them in the description for y'all. So yeah, 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 for sure. Like that, or I'll I'll put it on the website and y'all can go there. Okay. 
<laughs> but um, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. And guys, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. As we discuss every motherfucking week, travel is so much more than vacation. You really just got to step outside of what your idea of travel is and expand it so that you can go beyond what it would normally be if you just went and sat on the beach and stared at the water. All right, guys. So hollers at you all the next week. Uh, That's it. Bye, y'all.